There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Megan Gilger, and welcome to the Fresh Exchange Podcast. I hope you guys are having a lovely, lovely July. It is basically mid-month, which is hard to believe because it feels like this month is flying by, which is so normal because July always feels that way. I, I don't even know why, and we've been talking about this in the community, is just like we wake up and all of a sudden July is done. It is completely evident in our garden that things are rapidly happening. I feel like there's a lull after all the planting. And then we have a ton of weeding that we have to do again. And there's all the pruning and like maintaining of everything. And then the harvesting that is huge beginning like now. So it feels like we spend so much time doing that in July. And it just, before we know it amongst everything else, July is gone. So <laughs> it, it's, it's kind of surprises me, but doesn't surprise me that I'm telling you happy mid July. <laughs> so, but with talking about harvesting today on the pod, we are going to talk about harvesting garlic. Garlic has become one of my favorite things that we grow in the garden because it's one of the most easy things to grow and it is the most life-giving thing we grow. But there's a few things to know about it and I'm going to talk through that. Um, as always, there's a blog post tied to this today that gives you some more like, you know, note level information on this. If you want to read it, it's in the show notes and we'll go through everything because there's a lot to know but it's not that complicated. So I want to empower you and we want to talk about it now because both it's time to harvest garlic for us, but also the time to purchase garlic bulbs is fast approaching because we put them in very soon, kind of, but with how fast July is going, it is very soon. <laughs> so here is 
what we're going to talk about really quick today. So basically we are going to go through and I'm going to tell you like, how does garlic actually grow? Some things to know about it. Um, this isn't like a grow guide for it, but I just kind of want to, I think it's good to understand a plant as well as understand how to harvest it all in the same breath a little bit. And then we're going to talk about like different things that we harvest. Cause we, there's more than just the bulb on some varieties that we harvest, which you probably heard of those. And then I'm going to tell you how to know when it's actually time to harvest your garlic, because that can be kind of tricky. And, but I promise you, it's not as tricky as this, you know, you can Google it and it becomes like this real thing. I'm going to take that away from you today. So I'm going to limit that feeling for you. And then I'm going to tell you how to actually harvest it when you are ready and finally how to store it and everything you need to know about that. So it sounds like a lot, but it's actually pretty easy and it's much simpler than it sounds. So we're just going to jump in. And if you guys enjoy this pod today, make sure that you subscribe so that we can have more of these awesome episodes where I am giving you all this information. That is the best way to support us is just by subscribing. So I appreciate that. If you've done it today, uh, you can follow along as well on Spotify. They make it easy as well. So let's get going. Okay. So first of all, let's talk about how this garlic actually grows. The thing you got to know is that it is one of the best it, it, garlic and onions in general are just like basically the gardener's best friend. They're both easy to grow and they're like basically pest resistant. They do have some potential disease issues, but most of the time you can catch those pretty easily, but they're one of the most like foolproof beginner gardener sort of things. So I suggest them to every beginner gardener, grow some garlic. It will come up first in your, in your garden. It will in the spring, it does not take a ton of work. It does not take a lot of attention. And in fact, it almost does better with less attention. It just does this thing. So I always suggest it. And it is extremely good companion plant for your tomatoes, eggplant, peppers, broccoli, cabbage, and lettuces. Because particularly with broccoli and cabbage, it will deter cabbage worms and all of that. So if you're having issues right now with cabbage worms, you're you're in need of some garlic. So which you cannot amend right now, but what I always do is I and I'm doing it this year and my broccoli I haven't found one cabbage worm on it. It's all intermixed with my garlic and it is so happy and thriving. So you just need to think about it. Just think about it ahead of time like I'm going to I'm planting my garlic here in the fall and in the spring I'm going to put in my broccoli or my cabbage, like right near that. And you can do the same thing with onions. It works exactly the same because I'm seeing the same results with onions and cabbages as well, but it will keep out mice and squirrels as well. So it is a wonderful gift in the garden. Uh, so you definitely want to grow it, but you have to know like that there's a couple varieties. There's tons of, you know, there's a list of different types of garlic, but it really comes down to like two types. And so there's soft neck and hard neck. And really the main difference, I mean, I'm simplifying it. There's a lot of differences, but the main thing to know is that a hard neck will provide you with garlic scapes, which we're going to talk about. And they're absolutely delicious and they can be trimmed really easily after drying. And 
they, you can, you will bunch them to dry them, but you're not going to be able to like braid them and have that like beautiful braid. The soft neck is easier to braid and you don't, but you don't get garlic scapes. So I grow a mix because it's fun to do all of it, but it's pretty easy to tell the difference because the soft necks kind of, kind of get floppy and the hard necks stay pretty solid even when they're ready to harvest. So I think that gives you a little relative picture of that. And what you're going to do is you're actually going to sow these in the ground about two inches uh, into the soil as a clove, not like the whole bulb. Uh, you're going to individual cloves with the pointy part up and the round root part at the bottom in that two inch deep hole, you're going to put it in and, um, that's pretty much it. Like you cover it back up and you do it after your first gentle frost. I usually end up, I think last year I put them in, in like mid October and I almost felt like that was too early. I would even wait until like in like us where we're in zone six B, like I would wait until almost the end of October. Uh, but you can, they will, um, potentially sprout if you have a more mild winter, but, and then if it gets really snowy again, don't worry. This is why we want to lay hay and mulch or, uh, even compost over the top, which we need compost in general for this because garlic is something that sucks a ton of nutrients, but it grows almost anywhere as long as the nutrients are good. So then you just want to like cover them, obviously, and what I do is I put down some straw and then I lay fresh compost over the top and then the snow comes down and all of it kind of like seeps down into the ground, protecting, warming the garlic and protect, like keeping it safe, but also just putting all those awesome nutrients into the soil. And it is that easy. Like I don't do anything else. And then it comes up in the spring and it's ready to go. Usually it comes up in March and then the maintenance is pretty much slim to none other than weeding and not overwatering because you don't want it to rot, which sometimes you cannot uh, avoid that. We've had some really heavy rains after a severe drought. And so that drastic amount of water in to water not in has been a little bit hard. And I noticed I've lost to couple to rotting already, at least the tops. Uh, so I'm going to have to like hand dig them up, which will be interesting. But you just want to do like the occasional deep soak and then let them fully dry out so they don't rot. But that's as maintenance heavy as we get with these guys. So, and you might also want to watch for the allium rust, which there's plenty of stuff. I'll link to a post that you can check out to kind of help you identify that. But it usually isn't a huge, I've never had it. I watch for it, but it's the only real disease that you might potentially see. Also in the blog post, I suggest where to get your seed garlic and you, you can't just use garlic out of your, I mean, you could, I guess, out of your kitchen, but the germination may be lower. It's kind of like potatoes. Like you want to have seed specific garlic. And I have a link in the blog post where I got mine last year and really liked it it had almost 100% germination in our garden, which is pretty impressive. So at some point, once your garlic is going, you're going to notice that if you grew hardneck, you have the garlic scapes coming up. And in the blog post, I have a picture of it. Basically, it's like this curly thing that comes out of the middle of the garlic with like this little like bulb on it. And it 
it's the coolest thing. There are plenty of awesome recipes. A lot of people like making garlic skate pesto. We love just tossing them on the grill and eating them. Uh, you can fry them, you can tempura them, you can do all sorts of things. They basically taste like garlic, obviously, but they have a, a more subtle taste than like a normal garlic would. Uh, I, I think it's really lovely, uh, but you got to like garlic. And But you can also make a vinaigrette. That's one of my favorite ways to use it, which is really good with all those lettuces you probably have. So garlic scapes are really fun to grow. Plus they're, the kids love to harvest them because you just like break them off. It's really easy. You just snap them kind of like you would an asparagus stem. Now, how do we actually know? Because this is, we're going to harvest the scapes before we actually harvest the garlic, right? So when do we know when to harvest the garlic? Some people like to put like a math equation to it that like I planted it this day and that means like an exactly like you know, 200 days I harvest it. I don't know if that's completely true. And I don't like putting math in the garden personally, because I don't like math and I think it's more fun to just kind of feel it out, but that's me. So if that, if you like the math end of it, go with the math end. If you don't like math end, don't do that because I think plants tell us when they're ready. And it's up to us to become aware of what they're telling us. And so I think it's better to feel it out. So the main things that you're going to be do like looking for though, are you looking for the browning leaves around the base? So mine are definitely ready right now. They probably were actually ready like two weeks ago. It doesn't hurt to go long. It doesn't hurt to pull a little early. In fact, I actually pulled a couple a little early and we enjoyed them and I start, and you can also like pull them in batches. You don't have to do it all in like one big thing. You know, it's not, there's certain vegetables. I feel like that kind of like they have their moment. And then if you miss it, you're done. Like French breakfast radishes, I feel like can be challenging in that way because like, if you let them sit too long, they get like hollow and too spicy, but like that doesn't happen with garlic. Like I said, it's super easy to grow and to maintain and take care of. So the main thing you're looking for is those dried leaves at the bottom that are brown and yellowing and just, you know, make sure you don't have any allium rust. And, you know, if you do, there's ways you can deal with it and not have an issue, but it doesn't mean your crop's done for. So then at that point, what you're going to want to do is going to check the bulb. So um, instead of like pulling it out, what you can do is you can take a shovel and you just kind of move around the bulb and like start seeing where it is. Since you planted those like two inches deep or so, you got to kind of get in there. You can use your finger obviously and kind of get in there and feel around the bulb before you disturb and pull the root. Because once you disturb the root, like the plant's done. So you want to make sure that the bulb's the right size that you want. And then um, if it's not, just cover it back up, wait a week, try again. But if it is, now is the time to pull them and you can start doing it, which is really fun. I think harvesting garlic is as fun as like harvesting potatoes or carrots or anything like that. Much more fun than harvesting onions. I feel like onions are pretty disgusting to harvest. They're very smelly. Garlic's less smelly, uh, surprisingly. But so anyways, how you actually harvest them is nice. So you can just pull them, but I don't exactly recommend that because you might lose one. 
And you kind of want to wait till the soil's a little bit on the drier side. You don't want it too wet. So if you watered the night before and gave them a deep soak, wait two to three days until the soil's, you know, a little less dry or wet. And you want it a little drier, not too dry, but you get the, you get the picture. So what you want to do is, um, you just want to make it easy more or less. So you can take, uh, a shovel, like a hand shovel and just kind of put it in at an angle. So you're getting under the bulb and then you just kind of pry it up and loosen it and then pull. And that's it. It's that simple. And now after that, you can just brush them off, get some of that dirt out of the roots and everything. And you, you don't have to like wash them or peel back paper on them. I have there's a lot of like conflicting information about like whether or not you can do that. Here's my recommendation. If you like doing that and it sounds like a good idea to you, go for it. Just know that like if you do that, don't peel back too much paper. Leave plenty for it to protect itself. But then also um, you will want to make sure if you wash them and like spray them, which I've done because – uh, I was storing them inside the house, not outside. So I didn't want all that dirt and everything in there. And what I did was I laid them in a really sunny spot that got plenty of sun. You could, you know, put them on a grate. You could put them on something that's, you know, a south facing with plenty of sun and spray them off. Don't like soak them. Just make sure you get all the dirt that you want off of them and then let them dry. Don't touch them. Don't bunch them. Make sure they're in a single widespread layer and let them just sit. Nothing's going to eat them. Nothing's going to take them. Um, I, I promise you. And other than other humans. So just leave them there and let them fully dry so that you know without a doubt before you prepare to store them that there's no potential of fungal, in fact, like fungal things going on. Um, and because that's what the water will do. So that's the main concern with washing them is just that you're not, you're going to grow some kind of fungus, which you don't want when you're trying to store these things till like March or April the next year. So next storing them. So once you are sure they're dry, um, are sure that they are, you know, ready to be stored, they do not have to be fully dry. Okay. Like when I have stored them, basically what I did was I waited about a week, I just left them on the porch, all single layer, turning them every other day. And I think it was for a week or two until I felt like they looked pretty dried out. And then because that paper and everything will protect it and hold the moisture inside the clothes. And as it cures, it will protect all of that. It's absolutely fascinating. It's so cool. So when you're ready to store them, you need to find a dry and dark place so you could use a garage, you could use a barn, you can use a, a studio space, you can use, you know, a kitchen that, you know, a certain spot that gets less light. There's all sorts of places you can store them. But in order to dry them, what you need to do is you need to do some sort of method of hanging. So I have some ideas in the blog post of how you can do this, like uh, some links and even showing like how I've done it. So it if they're soft neck, you can braid them and then hang them by the braid. But if they're hard neck, you can hang them by the bulb, like through like this, <laughs> there's like these really cool racks that you can buy for them 
Or you can just put them in a bunch like with some string or rubber band and then hang them like along rafters or anything like that in your garage. That can be a good way to do it. Once they're fully cured, which can take anywhere from like a month or so, it, you just got to check them. It all depends on bulb size, things like that. And you might find that some, some of them dry sooner than others. Um, basically at that point, you're ready to permanently store them in a cool, dark place. And you, depending on the variety, like you'll want to like cut the tops off. And so it basically looks like store-bought garlic. Um, some of those are bleached, so they may not always look as white as those when you come out of your garden, but you'll, you can trim them from the braid or you can keep the braid. You can, but the main thing is, is I trim all the roots off, like even, um, either before or after I do the curing and depending on what my energy level is and what I want to do. But, uh, as long as you do that, that's like pretty much it. And then I just keep them in a basket in a cupboard in our kitchen that stays dark. And we had them from August till April. And April was like the first time I bought garlic that wasn't our own. So, and this year I doubled the size of the garlic that we grew. So that's pretty much it. Like it's so easy. And this is why I tell people like, this is seriously the thing you need to grow in your garden. <laughs> if you grow nothing else, just grow some garlic. Like it's so life-giving and so fun. It feels like you really accomplished something as a gardener and it doesn't take like all this process of storing and like you don't need a lot of stuff to store garlic and to save it and preserve it. Uh, it's really awesome. And there's obviously other ways you can store garlic too. Um, you can do garlic confit, you can do um, different types of like butters and oils that are infused. There's so many things you can do. Um, the options are endless. So it just depends what you want. And, but I am here to advocate for the chill approach, the intuitive approach to how you harvest these plants. To me, it's not a science. It's about just watching and observing. You guys know me. I like to do that in my garden. So I hope this is really helpful and it really inspires you to get out this weekend and maybe harvest that garlic if you haven't yet, or go buy some seed garlic because either now or some places already have it, I've noticed, but you really want to have it ordered by August at the latest in my experience. So I'm actually getting on it this week sometime to order our garlic because it can sit and wait until you are ready to plant it at the end of October or beginning of November. So, well, I hope this was inspiring. If you guys have any questions, it you can always message me, but you might also find the answers in the blog post or as always, you can just reach out. But I hope you guys have a lovely week and Next week, we will be talking about tomatoes, cages, and why I don't think you should buy one. Yes, I know. It's not a popular opinion, but believe me, tomato cages are useless, and I'll explain it all next week. So until then, don't forget about our Friday meditation to bring the garden a little bit more depth than just growing some plants. It takes you a little deeper. I hope you guys enjoy it. 
it's a good one. Uh, until then, I'll see you guys out there. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.